P. Ryan is in. One timeout for Cincinnati. And going deep into the end zone and caught by Chase. Oh, my goodness, what a crab. 34-yard touchdown throw. Burrow back to throw. Fires deep down the yeah. sideline. Chase wide oh, open. Oh, oh. Touchdown. Man. Bengals. Unreal. Hello and welcome to episode 180 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK <laughs> podcast. We can only use that little soundbite once in this podcast lifetime, and uh, it should tell you that we've reached 180 episodes of Cincinnati. And of course, uh, joining me, my partner in crime, uh, my name is Paul Hirons, by the way. Um, Joining me, as ever, is Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello. 180 <laughs> episodes of Cincinnati. Unbelievable, son. Sounds good, doesn't um, it? Sounds good. It does sound good, yeah. Um, I don't know if the US fans will understand that reference, because they're not as big into their darts in the States, are they? No, I reckon they... Well, maybe some of them will. Some of them will. Some of them won't. Uh, if you're wondering already what and thinking about checking out, let me bring you back in. Let me lasso you back in and say that 180 is the maximum score yeah, you can make with three darts in a uh, darts game. And darts is quite big over here. So, uh, And the, uh, what do you call them, the referees? Is it a referee in darts? Is that right? It's a referee. No, right? it's not a referee, is it? It's... Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a quick Google. It's, got, you... it's like a posh name. I feel like it's not. It's not ref though. Well, this podcast. Well, maybe is he's, maybe that... actually, I think it is the voice. Is no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Does darts have? He's known as the caller. He's the caller, but he's like a referee. We should just say referee. That would have saved a lot of uh, googling and radio silence. There, this is this episode is off to a great start, isn't it? <laughs> I, I just am hoping, son, the only thing I can say here, that the music at the end of this podcast has got to be Chase the Sun, the official dart song. It has to be. There's no other way around Well, it. unfortunately, for copyright reasons, unless I sing it and change the lyrics and change the music, <laughs> then we can't get away with it, unfortunately. But, uh, yes, a darting theme to start things off. Uh, and guess what, Nathan? I'm guessing. NFL football is back. Oh, yes. The first preseason game is in the books. And I'll tell you what else is also in the books. The first episode of Hard Canucks. Did you watch Hard Canucks? I did watch it on the big screen. My local cinema was showing it. Um, really? I went, I went down there. Oh, no, really? Is that true? That's yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I sat there. I enjoyed it. Um, fantastic. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> I know when the Bengals have been on, they sort of made stars of... Oh, hang on, uh, wait, wait, sorry. You talk about our hard knocks, or the actual hard knocks. No, the actual hard knocks. Oh, no, no, silly cut that out. Was, was, no, I'm not cutting joking. that out. God, this podcast, man, it's just, God, you'd think we'd be getting better at this, but I think we might be getting worse. Jesus. Man. I, was, I, I thought it was the new, the new feature that you've got coming up. No. What, what new feature would I have coming up exactly? Well, I don't know. You're a man of mystery, son. You've got a few good ideas in the pipeline to try and spice the podcast up during the oh, pre Oh, no, I'm talking about the I actual think it hard... needs some spicing up as well oh, during the pre because it, it's not the sexiest football I've ever seen. No. Nathan, of course, is alluding to something that I put together. We've done our own version of Hard Knocks. It's called Hard Knockers. And episode one of that audio drama will be coming up uh, a little bit... Uh, Later, was that the thing that you were referring to? Oh, it's exactly the thing I was referring to later that I'd seen at the cinema. I was trying to add a bit of comedic value to the podcast early on, you know, give a give the listeners a bit of a laugh, but it's clearly gone a bit south. So, it has, yeah. Can Monday, we just get I, back? Should we bring it back in and talk about the hard knock, the actual hard knocks? Well, yeah. Well, um, I haven't seen the actual hard okay. knocks. I heard it's. I've heard it's Detroit. I've heard that they've come across well. I've heard there's been a lot of money that's gone on them from a betting standpoint because people think they're going to have a good yeah. year and everyone's quite enjoying a bit of Dan Campbell and think DeAndre Swift's going to have a big year. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got 
as another small market team and a team that's had some pretty rough times over the years in Detroit, I, I hope they do well. You know, I hope Dan Campbell can steer the ship. But as a man who's watched the show, give us your sixpence on it, Sam. <laughs> yeah, exactly as you say. Exactly as uh, as the uh, the reviews say. Really, just really good. And I think it's been a bit average the last couple of years because it's kind of retelling the same sorts of stories, really, isn't it? But just yep. swapping characters, really. Yeah. Um, but I think Dan Campbell is what makes it. He is obviously a nutcase. We've known that from the start. But to, he's the perfect hard knocks guy. You know, he's he's obviously very passionate. He's got a few screws loose. Uh, he obviously cares deeply about his guys. And adding to the fact Detroit have traditionally been a pretty awful team. Um, and, you you know, the city of Detroit has been through a lot as well. Uh, outside of football and you kind of you do root for them you really do you know you really really do and um, uh, but yeah it was very entertaining an absolutely staggering uh, training camp speech by Jamal Williams the running back Uh, incredible stuff really but I I won't I won't uh, give you any more spoiler um, well spoilers really Um, right uh, forget the Lions this is not a Lions podcast (laughs) We're not call, called Detroit Natter or Liony Natter or whatever. Um, we're called Cincinnati Natter for a reason, and that reason is because we like to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Cincinnati Bengals played their first game uh, of the preseason on uh, on Friday night in the US. And uh, I only pause because of the time difference. It's Friday night. It was Friday night in the US. And uh, Saturday morning in the UK, 12.30 Saturday morning. I must give a shout out to um, Martin Matthews, Dorset Bengal, who uh, him and his partner uh, went out to Cincinnati and they were there at the game. He sent me some fantastic videos. And a shout out also to James Fox, who also made the trip out to Cincinnati. And uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, they're not going to be the last. Uh, we keep hearing that quite a few people will be making the way, the pilgrimage to uh, Cincinnati, uh, to Cincinnati this season to watch some regular season games. But uh, you know, James and Martin went out for the Cardinals game, and I think they really, really enjoyed themselves. So thank you to the people of Cincinnati for making them feel very welcome uh i must uh shout out uh, drew weems as well drew who is a podcast listener uh stateside is coming uk side in fact I th- yes he's here and uh, i think he's up in scotland so drew have a fabulous time hopefully the british people will reciprocate the hospitality right should we do for the first time this season some reactione Okay, Bengals 23, uh, Arizona 36 at Paycor Stadium. You see, I'm getting used to that already. I've got to, for professional reasons. Um, any any immediate uh, takeaways for you, Nathan? I mean, it wasn't great football, was it? it and I, I think, <laughs> with the greatest respect in the world, the preseason I think has diluted its product over the last five to seven years. And teams, I think, are realising that there's no point risking anyone almost in these games. It's literally to bring in a load of sort of undrafted free agents, some real fringe guys on the roster, give them a bit of time, maybe test out your your running backs and fourth, fifth wide receivers that you can afford maybe to to sort of give up if worse comes to worse. But it was good to see football back. I enjoyed it. There were some good plays in there. A couple of guys had a few um, standout plays. I think overall there's not much you could take for it. The, the sexiest thing that happened is Evan McPherson knocking in those two massive field goals. I mean, that's just absolutely fucking mental. And he, he he's honestly looking to me the way he's going. And this is a very overtly 
um, too much state. It's just too too much for me to claim. But he's starting to look a bit like Justin Tucker. And I know that's a big claim, and I know it's too much, and it's too early and the rest of it. But the way he's knocking those 58 and 56 yarders through and the reliability with him is astonishing. And if he can back up his rookie season and able to just knock those through like he is at the moment. I mean, he's we've got a serious, serious player on our hands. So that was exciting. Overall, I mean, like I said, you, you don't want to be losing games um, and being down 36-9 in the fourth quarter at home in the preseason. You want maybe to see a bit more from from your squad than that. The obvious standout that people are talking about is the offensive line was pretty, pretty poor, wasn't it? There's a lot of penalties. It yeah. didn't, it was a bit in, you know, it, there was more penalties. There's a couple of ones that were declined by the Cardinals, which would have on the paper made it look a bit worse. I think Hakeem Adenergy and uh, Jackson Carmen, people that we were talking about last week as all, you know, they played a few first team snaps last season. You'd think against um, backups there. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's yeah, like, you'd think they'd look quite good and actually yeah. their PFF ratings were fairly fairly horrendous. So, I, 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 Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that, that was, I know it's the first pre-season game, but you have to have a worry that starters from last or should you i don't know i think the focus is on the line so much if you don't see an improvement straight away then it's panic stations but the likes of prince the likes of adenergy the likes of jackson carmen had really poor games now do you put that down just to it being the first pre-season game and 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 brushing off the cobwebs and getting into the action again and feeling pad on pad and and the cut and thrust of an actual game or do you start to worry because they were the starters from last year? Now, obviously, they're not going to start this year. Um, those three guys, you know, Collins and Kappa and Karras will all be starting. Um, and Jonah Williams will obviously come in. So, you know, I think I've just answered my own argument. It's not panic stations yet, but I was a bit disappointed in those three guys particularly and, yep. and just because they had experience last year, and you're up against, you know, you're not up against JJ Watts. You know what I mean for the Cardinals. You're up against second teams, yeah. and that. And also, you know, it was great to see Thad Moss out there and in action at tight end. But he had a bit of a mixed bag. He caught some nice. He caught three for twenty nine. But you know, if you remember that huge Chris Evans run down the sideline in the first half, that yeah. was called back because of a penalty for Thad Moss. And you know these are the, these are the games for these players to to really shine and claim that roster spot. And yeah, I mean it was yeah it was a bit underwhelming. I'm, although I must say um, that I did think Jake Browning did okay. You know he yeah. extended the play a few times. He hasn't got a very strong arm at all, but he did okay. And Drew Plitt looked pretty good when he came in. And there it's, was some nice nice from nice runs from, yeah. runs from uh, Travion Williams, our old chum Travion. And uh, but I I did think Chris Evans looked pretty sharp and uh, looked pretty good. Chris Chris Evans looked live. I mean, he, he didn't actually pretty put up anything on the ground. But I mean, obviously <laughs> that big run that was called was called back was unfortunate. He had a good return. Uh, I mean, Drew Plitt. I mean, obviously he's very limited, but he had a hundred and fifty eight point three rating, six out of six, and a touchdown. Yeah. You know, you can't take take that away from the geezer. Brandon Allen obviously only played a couple of snaps. So you you really and that was because he got knocked yes. on his ass. Because yes. of the offensive line, and exactly, it, yeah. it just reminded you of last year so much, like watching the well, Bengals last I think, year. I do think, you know what I mean? I, I do think, and you know, I do think, and you don't want to be too negative after one bloody preseason game. But I do really look at that line, and it worries you a little bit. The backups, doesn't it? And it really highlights last season that how poor it was. Because I mean, it's one thing, as you were saying, with JJ Watt and some of those elite rushers around the league that tore us up last year against Tennessee in the playoffs and certainly against the Aaron Donald. But, I mean, they're going up against Victor Demukaje, I can't pronounce his name, and Jesse Lamonier, who have got the sacks for the Cardinals in that game. And these guys are... I mean, they're going to struggle to make the roster, some of those guys. They're, you know, draft picks and people that have, um, you know, Christian Ringo's out there playing for the Cardinals, who was on the Bengals at one point. There, there are a lot of sort of backup players across both sides of the ball there and if you've got 
guys on your line that we were literally talking about last year that were uh, sorry last week that we were saying oh i think they've got the upper hand they did have some first string reps they'll be all right against these guys and they're they're getting ranked i think the, the pff ratings were in the, the teens it was like 15 18 pff scores in pre-season games when someone like jackson Carmen, the whole the whole narrative on him coming into this year is he's a second round pick that played first team reps and desperate for him to prove something you'd expect him this this off season to be getting in the shape of his life you'd expect frank pollock to be ironing him out and saying look son this is your chance there's a starting spot here for you and the only guy on that line that had even an average to above average pff rating was cordell volson who i know a lot of people have been very positive on and have said look this guy could do something (laughs) and to be fair to him he, he worked hard he did well zach taylor referenced him in his um, press conference today saying look there's a spot there to be had and the geezers putting his name in the ring so fair play to him but it does it, it's a shame because we really and we really said it last week we let we need one of these guys on the line to step up there's probably and i hope there's not but there probably will be an injury on that offensive line at some point during the season and once one of those guys go down if you've got to bring in hakeem adenergy isaiah prince um, whoever it might be that's sort of behind the scenes, you want them to hold an end up and not be a complete turnstile liability. So three pre, oh, there's two preseason games to go. You've got a bit more of camp to go. These guys have got a chance to redeem themselves, but it wasn't the most, um, yeah, it wasn't the most convincing of starts. But let's, I uh, know I agree. And interestingly, uh, Quentin Spain uh, tweeted out a picture of yes. the Cincinnati skyline <laughs> immediately after the game. So just a little reminder. Good timing. Big Q is still out there if uh, if the brown stuff is going to hit the fan at some point. Uh, but some good performances as well by the rookies and especially two, I thought, two undrafted free agents that we we mentioned before, two wide receivers Certainly, Kendrick Pryor looked really good. And when I say good, you know, you can have all the tangibles you want, but sometimes you need a few intangibles. And what I mean by that is you make that, you know, you might be really tall, really quick, uh, but if he seems to have something about him that he pulled in some terrific uh, catches and scored a touchdown, he just seems to have those intangibles going for him that he can be relied upon again first preseason game doesn't mean a thing really but he certainly looked pretty good and Kwame Laster the second um, didn't show up too much in the stat books but I thought he looked quite dangerous on uh, kick returns and um, so I think I think they had a, a decent showing um, it was good to see Clay Johnson back on the uh, defensive side of the ball. And I thought Raymond Johnson the third looked pretty good. And, um, yeah, again, it was the two guys that were or had been showing up in, in practice uh, that showed up in the game, and that was Jeff Gunter and... Um, yeah. And Zach Carter, I was intrigued to see Zach Carter, and I did see him pushing the pocket quite regularly. Uh, whereas... he, also, he also had a massive workload, Zach Carter. I think he had around yeah. fifty odd snaps, um, which is great. You know, and there, there's not many people that had as many as that, so it's good to see that they want to see more from him. And I thought he did all right, like you said, Jeffrey Gunter, five total pressures. He had that big pass deflection at the start of the game. Yeah, it's exciting to see those guys contributing early on. Because other than that, the defence wasn't brilliant. You know, they did kind of, certainly at the start, run it down our throat a bit, QB scrambles, obviously the yeah, touchdown. Yeah, I mean, McSorley was, was a McSlippery, wasn't he? I mean, he he was like a, a poor person's version of Kyler Murray. So you can <laughs> see they've got like a like-for-like yes. like in there. Yeah. And Kingsbury is always, again, a slippery old so-and-so, isn't he, when it comes to uh, scheme and play calling. And he, he really does mix it up. And they're, they're a tricky team to defend, I think, the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, precisely because of Kingsbury's scheme. Uh, and they certainly came out and, I mean, they won their game. So, you know, they, they certainly looked sharper, more in tune. Uh, and that's something, obviously, the Bengals will, will have to, to get into. Um just a few roster 
uh, updates. Uh, centre Ben Brown, who did, the undrafted free agent, did play a little bit uh, against the Cardinals. He's been placed on the reserve injured list. And the team has waived cornerback Abu Dharami's soiree, uh, which is a shame, really, because he had a great story. And, you know, he might end up back on a practice squad or something like that. Uh, halfback uh, Shamari Jones uh, and also uh, wide receiver Puka Williams. So the dream for Puka looks, well, certainly the Bengals looks over. They've been patient with him. He's been injured. There were supposedly some attitude problems. But again, a great story. Uh, but uh, yeah, shame for those guys, really. But uh, and we wish them wish them well obviously it is a brutal time of year this is when the cuts come this is when you know players make a name for themselves or they they just don't make it or don't quite make it and it's uh it is a brutal business isn't it oh absolutely when you've got games um in the preseason where there's only three of them now and You've got to stick something on tape. You need a bit of a flashy play. You need something for the fans to be chatting about. And you feel for these guys because it, it's stressful to have to make something that you can stick on tape. And you think we were talking just about Jeffrey Gunter and how he played well with the five pressures and the pass batted down. But as any player on that team, if you can get a touchdown, an interception, a sack, anything that goes on the stat sheet, not only is that amazing for people like us on this podcast and all these news sites to talk about, get your name out there, it's one of those things you can stick on tape and if you do get cut you can throw it around the league during the season when there's injuries and say look I had this in the preseason this is this deserves me a contract and a lot of these guys won't be playing in the NFL in a year's time and they've got to figure out for their futures what their career is they're not going to be sorted for the rest of their life financially after you know a preseason training camp in the NFL by any means even a year in the NFL potentially on a practice squad it's not going to set you up for the rest of your life so these guys have got to think about their their long-term future their careers and it's a really big time for them to stick something on tape and the pressure of doing that and showing up and trying to get yourself onto the roster for a year or two years, get yourself in another camp next year. It's all big money um, when they're for very young guys that, you know, like I said, might not have a career at 24, 25. So you feel for them. As you said, it's a brutal time of the year. But um, I think a few guys played well. I mean, Keandre Jones, the linebacker, I think he played a pretty good game. And it was good to see the guys. I mean, I know obviously people like Daxton Hill aren't in that position, but he had an interesting game as well. I know he's, I said that he was one of the guys I was really interested in seeing how he performed. He had a very close interception that the announcer called as an interception. Yeah, it was a great play, down. wasn't it? Great athleticism yeah, to get really good. To dive backwards. It, yeah. He forced a couple of incompletions. He did give up the touchdown. Bit of a mixed bag from him, but good to see him um, getting in there and getting some playing time. I thought, so, I, yeah, no, I agree. And I thought, yeah, I was just about to come to him. I thought he was one of the standouts, actually. I thought he made enough plays to make you sit up and take notice. And, you'd hope so as well. Do you know what I mean? I think you'd hope so as well, being the first round pick um, in amongst the talent that was out there. I mean, there really wasn't anything close to a starter out there. And he really was one of the better um, talents on display. So, uh, yeah, like you said, he, he he stood out a bit, and that's exciting. First game, you're not expecting him to tear it up, are you? But certainly I thought he was pretty good. And I, I to go back to your point, son, about roster moves, and I don't know if you were going to get there anyway, but I, I'll cut you off and get in there. But in. a real shame in some ways to see Wyatt Hubert, the seventh-round pick from yep. the 2021 draft, <laughs> announce his retirement uh, this week. You obviously... You know that this is kind of the year you want to see some of those guys that were drafted in the 2021 draft really come on and show what they've got. And we saw with Marcus Bailey, a seventh round pick, that's put himself on the roster and done a good job, and how people in those late rounds can contribute. So for him I, to I do, a, I do feel for Wyatt quite a lot because he's 24 years old. Yep, he's not played an NFL game despite being on an NFL team for two yep. years. You know what I mean? Yep. And or oh, sorry, a one year, and uh, how crushing is that? How yeah. I mean, he sounded you know level-headed, and he's made the decision because the injuries have stacked up, and he doesn't want to, you know, he does he doesn't think he's what's the right word? Here? They've in his words is the right word actually. I'm going to use his quote. They've taken enough of a toll 
for him to think, you know what, football is not for me. I just can't do it at that level, which is such a shame. You know, you get drafted and then you have a horrendous injury and then you watch your team go to the Super Bowl and then you watch your team draft another defensive end in the draft. and the, But then you kind of think, right, I'm going to get back here. But something must have happened. You know, I mean, there must have been a relapse uh, of some description to 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 force his hand. So, yeah, I mean, just awful news. But um, he's still 24 and he's got his whole life in front of him. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. onwards. Yeah. Who knows? We might see him as a defensive coordinator down the line or something like that. You know, every every cloud and all that. But, yeah, you've got to wish him well for the future, really. 100%. And that's a chance for someone else to step up and put their hat in the ring with someone like him not being on the roster. So good good luck to some of those guys that are going to try and take his spot on the defence. Absolutely. Just a few news items before we get to episode one of Hard Knockers. Um, Joe Boy's back out there, isn't he? Looks uh, just so serene oh. and on point and... Some beautiful balls. He's effortless, up there, just Boy. effortless, man. And goodness me, I think I, 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 I might fancy him. <laughs> well, Zach Taylor came out today and said he's going <laughs> to keep him on the sevens. He's not sticking him out there on the elevens. Just well, that, yet, that but... was that was going to be well tied to my next question. Really, do you think we'll see him in? Is it too soon? Do you think we'll see him in preseason at all? Maybe just for a series, handling the ball off or no. whatever. No, you don't. I I don't think so. But before last year, we were talking about is there a chance that we think with his knee that they would stick him out there even for one series, as we said, just to give him a bit of bit of juice, bit of you know get over the mental side of things. But I don't think they'll bother. They've already said they're not playing any starters against the Giants. That's done. So the only option he will have is against the Rams, a repeat of the Super Bowl. I, I just I'm not sure they're going to do it. The, that game's only 12 days away against the Rams. It's yeah. the 27th of August, so I just I'm not sure they'll need to. I don't think they need to see anything from him. Will one series of NFL football against the Rams seriously sharpen him up in any real way? Knowing Joe Boyd, knowing he had a fantastic year last year, went to the Super Bowl. I don't think so. I think they might get him playing 11s in practice, but. Against the Steelers, I think they'll roll him out there and just say, good luck, Sam, we know what you need to do. And would any of us seriously say, knowing knowing him as well as we do now, after that ridiculous season last year, that a drive or two in the preseason will be worth it? The odds of him getting injured in the preseason are next to nothing, and it might be nice to get a bit of chemistry with his new O-line. That's the only thing I would say. It's a very different look for him in terms of who's in front of him and the you know, the centre and things like that, just getting that communication there. But you'd hope they could get that in the um, in training camp against the defence. And even if it takes a series or two against the Steelers, I, I think a lot of teams around the league are, are not going to show a lot of starters. I, the league's changed in that respect. And I, I really look around the league now and they just, obviously there's a less pre-season game now, but teams are just so concerned about injuries and ways of mitigating things. Zach Taylor had a really interesting thing in his press conference today about soft tissue injuries and mm. when they're most likely to occur and whatever else. And teams are really taking the time to look at this and evaluate how they can cut out injuries, whatever else, and reduce the intensity of practices and all the rest of it. Because at the end of the day, they want their best players out there. Um, it's a longer season now with 17 games. So normally I'd sit there a bit old fashioned and say, Oh, get him out there, get, get some, yeah. um, get some mud on his Jersey and get him out of it. I, I, I'm not sure it's worth it anymore. Yeah. I think you make a really good point about the, the length of the season now. And I think teams have to approach things a little bit smarter and a little bit, uh, more conservatively, you know. Um, and a bit of news. Apparently, Logan Wilson eats wild boar for lunch. <laughs> Did you see that? I didn't see that, no. He's swapped in wild boar to uh, vary his protein intake. Now, very difficult for me and Nathan to comment on this because we're both vegetarians. Um, um, wild boar just sounds like one of those savage beasts that you have to take down, you have to wrestle down and... You know, have a right old ding dong and obviously kill it. And you know, it's just one of those things that you just rip the skin off and just shove on a fire and tear off a leg. And and do you know what I mean? Um, 
he's a, he, he strikes me as the sort of man that would do that, Logan Wilson. He does strike me. <laughs> no, right. That's a bit of a sort of geezer with his with his gun in the woods, just having a bit of a knockabout. Like if he sees a wild boar, he take a shot at it. Um, but fair enough if it works for the geezer, you know. And he he's helping his protein intake. Then have you ever so, yeah. have you ever wrestled a soya protein uh, sausage before <laughs> and taken that out before you've eaten? Yeah, in the, in the middle of the new forest. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the the wandering fertile lands of the new forest, <laughs> which are teeming with soya protein sausages uh, and various other products. Um, yeah, that's the benefit of being a vegetarian. You don't have to anyway kill animals, I suppose. Anyway, right. Uh, shall we get to uh, our? New audio, three-part audio drama, Hard Knockers, Nathan. Just before we do, oh, we oh, didn't yeah. give him a shout-out. Trent Taylor was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, good. He, he'll make the team. Oh, no um, problem. Because he's going to be, he's probably, he's going to be Tyler Boyd's backup. He's exactly. the perfect and slot I, receiver. I, I thought though, that, that catch he had under pressure where the geezer got flagged for defensive partners. Yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. He's a good player. and I, I, You need someone like that, a bit of a Jordan Shipley, if you remember yes. him, such character, yeah, yeah. a bit of a slot guy, reliable, runs of roots, exactly like Tyler Boyd. And yeah. that you made a really good point about him being the backup, and yeah. that being a fairly obvious solution there. So it's exciting to see him have a bit of flashes, and he looked a, a tier above. So fair play to Trent out there. I do think Trent and Irwin might be in trouble this year. I don't know. Got yes. great guy. Got you know worked hard, in and out of the team, in and out of the practice squad, always smiling. But I just think Kendrick Pryor, if he continues to show yeah. what he showed. On uh, Friday night, and also, you know, don't sleep on old Kwame. Um, I think I don't know, could be trouble for Trenton. Anyway, right, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's give you some hard knockers. Hey, hey, settle down, settle down, listen up, listen up. Now we know we're good. You know you're good. We know you know you're good. We have goodness flowing through our veins. We shit goodness. But we need to turn that shit into gold goodness. I don't want bronze shit, no. Or silver shit. I want your best golden shit. You feel me? You understand? Now how are we going to do this? You listen, you learn, you trust us, and you trust each other. You're all in this together, and everyone in this room is your brother. Unless it's Maureen, the physio, who is your sister. Uh, Or Cheryl, the kit manager. Sorry, Cheryl. She's also your sister. Not your brother. But if you don't listen, you don't learn, or you don't trust each other... I'm going to be on your ass. More than that, no, no. More than that, I'm going to get into your asses. I'm going to climb so far inside your asses, I'm going to pitch a tent, pull out my camping stove and grill sausages for my breakfast every single day. I will bring my sausages into your asses and I will grill them. So buckle up, guys. We're going to get on the ride and we're not going to stop until we get to the end. And then we're going to go back and get on it again and again until we're puking in each other's faces and crying our eyes out. You understand? Now, you heard the saying, we're in the same boat? That's all shit. Brothers, and Maureen and Cheryl, we're in the same storm. Some have yachts, some have canoes, some are fucking drowning. You have to decide what kind of boat you are. So fellas, okay, you ready? Let's get our paddles and let's get into that storm.
That's good, Nathan. Keep it up. Nathan. For almost five years, Cincinnati has remained a contender, but an influx of new Bengals podcasts has put the pressure on head coach Paul Hirons to get it over the hump. At the start of a new season, he wants to keep the standards high and keep Cincinnati a contender. And that means putting the heat on everybody. Push it. I got you. No, not like that. Good leverage, Nathan. Supreme leverage. Come on! Star player Nathan Palmer is known for going rogue. A fan favorite, his natural talent has never been in question, and he's always ready with a new catchphrase or three. Solid handle. Oh, solid handle, that. Solid handle. Oh, that's, that's got to be. It's got to be a solid handle, that, isn't it? He's a great geezer, that guy. To be fair. Like, what what a solid geezer, that's the one thing you got to say. Like, he's, he's just one of those geezers, isn't he? Like, you know what I mean? He, he's just one of those lads. Oh, geezer. What a geezer. I've always liked to pop a Don, to be fair. That's pop a, pop a Don, isn't it? Oh, he's, do, he's, he's doing my nothing, to be honest. Mate, he, he's absolutely doing... <laughs> he's doing my nothing, to be honest, mate. You've got to look at this and you've got to say, we've gone out there and we've given him an absolute throlicking. Great game. We played well and... Honestly, it feels so good to just absolutely frolic them, doesn't it, Sam? Hello, my son. How are you? It's an absolute pleasure to be back with you today. How are you doing, my son? What a beautiful day to be here on Cincinnati. My son. Hello, my son. 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 All right, my son. But as good as Palmer has been, Coach Hirons wants more from his star. It's just how you go about it that's proving to be the problem. You know, I, I've dealt with a lot of players in my time, but never have I worked with someone who, who books so many cheap flights to Eastern Europe. Never have I worked with someone who reviews so many pizzas. And never, never have I worked with someone who asks for so much time off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting to a tipping point. He he makes some great plays, but you know what they say? There's There's no Nathan in team when it comes to team. Is his place under threat? I've tried everything. I've tried buying him bottles of Manabrias. I've tried speaking like him. I mean, I've tried everything with a geezer. I might just have to try something else. I don't know. Well, he's he's not going to like it. So there we go. Hard knockers. Nathan, well, cliffhanger at the end of that episode, wasn't it? I don't want to talk about it. I'm I'm not happy about it, Sam. Are you not? Have no. we? Have we? Re We're still talking just for professional reasons, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if that, that's how this is going to be, I think you should move swiftly onwards, and we'll see what happens <laughs> next week. Okie dokie. Right. Let's have some correspondence. Uh, we are, of course, we are. We're always there at Whoday underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook, and Bengals underscore UK on the Instagram. Let's have some of your reaction to the first preseason game. Simon Hunter at Simon Hunter underscore. Should we be worried about Frank Pollock? That's a fair question to ask. The answer's probably What are you not. eating? A minstrel, sorry. Oh. If you hear that. <laughs> it's all right, carry on. I've had a minstrel. A bit late, I haven't had dinner yet. So I've I just, do like a minstrel. Minstrels are quality. Oh, they're, they're better than, I don't know if you've had those counters. Uh, yeah, yes, they're, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just not really fit. They're just like fat chocolate buttons, aren't they? But yeah. minstrels got a bit of a crunch to them. You know, you sort of feel like you've been in a bit. Nathan, we're losing the American naughty. listeners. We're losing the American listeners. Let's, yeah, let's, sorry. let's discuss minstrels. Frank Pollock. Frank Pollock. I, Off I, don't think the air. Be, I don't think we should be worried, but it's fair to answer ask the question because there's such a ridiculously positive narrative that follows Frank Pollock when he was here before and last year. Everyone was really excited to have him back and. We have to be honest about the fact that some of these young guys that have come in and that you want to develop, like your Adenergies and Princes and all the rest of them that we've talked about earlier, they've not come on perhaps as we would have liked. They didn't come on last year. The line was atrocious last year. We can't look, look past that. And it was arguably the reason we lost the Super Bowl. So 
we also drafted um, Jackson Carmen when Frank Pollock was there, and everything about Jackson Carmen that we've seen today, everyone felt like it was a bit of a reach at the time. But you wanted to trust Pollock, you wanted to trust the yeah. Front but who made that decision? Was it? I mean, Duke Tobin ultimately made that decision. Do you know what I mean? But I know, I know what you mean. I know. You, you have mean. to feel that Frank Pollock was consulted on it though, and would have been fairly. You know, if you're going to put in a second round pick on an offensive lineman, you'd hope that your offensive line coach, that was the sort of mould of player that he'd want, especially when across most draft balls. That was but do you remember last year when he sort of had a go at him uh, and kind of said, doesn't matter how elegant you are or how athletic you are, and many people kind of took that to be a specific reference to Jackson Carmen, sort of calling him out. You know, it doesn't matter whether you've got all these intangibles. It doesn't matter. Sorry, tangibles. It doesn't matter whether you've got the length, the athleticism on tape and all this, unless you've got it between the ears. That's very, yeah, great. I mean, it's a great point. And yeah, yeah. Maybe Sorry, that, carry on. Yeah, um, no, maybe that alludes to the fact that he perhaps wasn't mm, that behind that and that was something knows? that Scouts or, like you said, Duke Tobin was behind. But you know what my opinion is on positional coaches. I think <laughs> when... when when the units play well, the coaches get the praise. When they play badly, they get um, the criticism. It's harsh on that because there's so many reasons behind. If, if a player's good and the players that you've brought in on the unit are good, the coach is going to look good. And if the players are bad, the coach is going to look bad. There's you, Coaching only goes so far. You can't, you know, there's so many, like, ways that you can't shine a turd and all that. And ultimately, if you've got someone, if you're, I mean, me and you on certain positional groups with Jamar Chase and the wide receivers. I mean, we could be the wide receiver coach and send them out there and just say, go on, lads, run a few routes, we'll throw a few balls at you. They're still going to be excellent players. And the Bengals this season, if that group stays healthy, will tear the league up. Now, if you brought me in as the wide receiver coach, and like I said, I threw a few balls to them and said, look, lads, have five a day and make sure you're drinking a lot of water and let's go down the gym and do the bench press. They'd probably think I was an idiot, but they'd put up serious stats. Jamar Chase, by all accounts, will probably have a Pro Bowl year. And all of a sudden, people will be like, cool, the Bengals wide receiver coaches must be good, mustn't they? Because they're churning out this talent. And obviously, it's not as simple as that. And I'm just doing that for a bit of light comedic relief. But the point is, is with Frank Pollock, it's hard to judge him. How can we see what he's doing? How can we see what he's teaching and whether or not these offensive linemen techniques are working? If he's getting the most out, he might be getting the absolute most out of Jackson Carmen and Akeem Adenergy, but they're both just awful players and he's actually maximizing what is terrible or maybe he's not doing a good job, but I don't think it's we're in any way, shape or form able or qualified to really talk about that. So we just have to wait and see. But, of course, and Simon has a fair point, we're not seeing perhaps what you'd want from these guys. We're not getting the development for them. We're not getting those guys that are drafted late on, really taking positive steps forward. And I think if you are going to judge things on that, then that's about all you can do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but what's your take on it, son? I mean, yeah, I, I, I just think the Bengals, Bengals as a club, as scouts, as you know, as Duke Tobin, just have some... I mean, they drafted pretty well the last couple of years, let's face it. I mean, they, I mean, most of them have been sort of... Well, two of them at least have been kind of no... Well, one of them have been no-brainer picks and the other one turned out to be a no-brainer pick. Obviously, there was a huge discussion between Chase and Saul. But the likes of, say... Logan Wilson, third round. Uh, T. Higgins, we, we we might not have taken T. Higgins at that point. Um, so aside from, or at least in addition to, the no-brainer picks like Burrow and Chase, I think we've drafted generally quite well. But they just don't seem to hit with offensive linemen. It's a, it is a mystery, with uh, as Toya Wilcox once sang. Um, showing my age there. <laughs> You don't even know who Toya is, do you, really? Let's face it. I've heard, uh, no, I, I do know the name. Okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think... Well, Toya Wilcox. Yeah, that is a solid handle, actually, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a tricky one to know without knowing the intent, how it really does work. You know, I'm sure Frank... Because, you know, the, the coaches at this club, unlike most other NFL clubs, get heavily involved in the scouting uh, of players for the draft and free agency. And uh, but I would imagine that it's Duke uh, and Zach, obviously, that makes the kind of final decisions really on draft day. But uh, yep. but still, you're right. Frank is there to make people better, and uh, we're hoping that the likes of 
just certainly Jackson Carmen at left guard because he's slated to be a starter at the moment. So he better be better than than last year, if that makes sense. Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Cool, managed to get a bit of the old pre-season in post-wedding after all. Jamie was at a wedding at the weekend, dear listeners. Uh, deeply adored the local Cincinnati-based adverts. I think that might be a little bit of sarcasm there. Uh, thought Kendrick Pryor, or maybe not. No, I think he's being uh, bang on there, because we do like an American advert, and good to see some local Cincinnati-based adverts. I think that's what he was talking about. Anyway, sorry. Uh, thought Kendrick Pryor had a very nice run out. I think Jake Browning should have a proper shot at being backup. Very dre- very Jeff Driscoll. Uh, backup OL bad. Make some good points there. Uh, Paris Penny at Paris Penny. Whilst it didn't show up on the stat sheet, Chris Evans looked very sharp on Friday. I'd be disappointed if he isn't the RB2 this year behind Mixon. He needs a bigger role in the offence going forward. Piron is good for the donkey work and pass blocking, but nothing more. Our man Travion, who we had on last year on the podcast, and when he came on, he was banging on about his fantastic routines and fitness. And I mean, I tell you, when we spoke to him, he looked in obscene shape, the geezer. But he, it's a shame for him because he's been around for a while now and he, he talks a very good game. And I think he's got some talent, but he just... He just can't stick it on tape yet, can he? But I would love to no. see him have a run at it, the geezer. But I think he's going to do really well to outfox Chris Evans, the you know Kim Kardashian's bit on the side, and then <laughs> I, I think he. I, I just think the Bengals with P Ryan's experience, and he did have some good games last year, and you know in regular NFL season games. I'm not sure he's going to be able to supplant either of them, which is a shame for him. Um, so mm. I do think he has some talent. But we will see. But Zach likes a bit of Samaje. It's the beard, a bit, a bit of a bit of our, our old man who's back on the scene now. Jacques Patrick. That's right, Jacques Patrick. He's, He's back. back. Hello, Jacques. Hello, Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> Stuzy seventy two at Neil underscore Stewart underscore. Hello, Stu's. Nice Shocking handle. Uh, what, what Neil Stewart is <laughs> a shocking handle. That's no, his name. Is this shot underscore at the end? I just yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's necessary. Should Joe play any minutes of preseason for fitness reasons? I'd say no. But do we run the risk of him lacking sharpness against the Steelers? Well, we've, just, we've discussed that already a little bit, haven't we? But um, you just want to confirm your thoughts, Nathan, on that one? Probably not. I'm not even sure there's a huge risk of him going down. I mean, if he did play a series, you're not going to stick him in the firing line, are you? You're going to put your line out there and say... Uh, that's the other thing. If he plays, you've got to stick bloody Karras, Kappa and yeah. Collins yeah. and the rest of them in front of him. Because you're not having Hakeem Adenergy and um, the rest of them in front of him, are you? If he takes a shot in the preseason and went down, I mean, the whole sin- the whole of Cincinnati would burn to the ground. I mean, this podcast would end. It would just <laughs> the thought of the thought of Joe Burrow getting injured in the preseason would literally the bridge would collapse. I mean, it would just be there'll be nothing left of Cincinnati. I think the the, the media would combust. So I, I just don't think it's probably worth it. I think last season I thought maybe it was like I said because he was a rookie and he didn't even play the full season so you felt like after a serious injury like that for his confidence and his knee and just to maybe build that back up it might be necessary but he he even if it takes him one series in a regular season game against the Steelers to brush off a bit um a bit of that rust mm. fine I don't think it's worth it actually I really yeah. don't uh Derek Davis at D Davis uh, underscore zero two. Let's not overreact about the OL the pass blocking wasn't great in any game this weekend that's a really good point, actually. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. That's a good that point. That said, the effort minus Volson was lacking at times, which surprised me. Quinton Spain and JC Tretter are available. Uh, where were the Chrisman bombs? Huber is safe. Now, a couple of things to unpack from there, because Derek uh, makes some very good points. JC Tretter, I don't think they'll go near him, because they've already sort of no. nailed their, their no. colours to the mast with... Ted Karras being at centre. Yes, I actually yes. would prefer Karras at guard uh, and maybe someone like a JC Tretter who's a good solid player uh, at centre. But they, you know, that's what they've come out and said. And when teams come out and say what they're going to do, it's very rarely that they'll, they'll change. Um, but that, all that being said, there's no reason in the world if these guys don't shape up uh, that Quinton uh, you know, can't be back. 
I think a lot of people but out what, there would like to see him back. What, what do you think it is for Quinton Spain? Because I don't think anyone is going to look at the Bengals roster at the moment and say that Quinton Spain's not there from a talent perspective. Oh, no, I, I just think... Um, it's money, is it? Oh, I or do don't you know. Think I, do you think I just think. I just think. Do you think it's he, effort? Do you think it, no, 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 no. I think. I think he had a good season, but he did start to tail off towards the end of the year, and of course he was the guy that got beat in the Super Bowl. Yes, by Aaron Donald, and he beats you know ninety five percent of offensive linemen out there on a regular basis. Do you know what I mean? But I just think. I think they always viewed Quinton as this is me speculating wildly. I always think. Or I always thought that they they viewed Quinton as a bit of a a year to year prospect. You know, what I mean, they wouldn't yeah. sign him full time for a long. When I say that, I mean a longer term contract. He just felt like not a stopgap because he's a good player. You know, he's a good solid player, uh, and he did great in Cincinnati uh, up to his sort of limitations and his ceiling. I think. I just think they they wanted to go a bit younger. They wanted to get their guys in. And they they actually do believe that Jackson Carmen has got a higher ceiling, but you know you better. You have to back that up, as I think as well, don't you? Because Jackson Carmen's second round pick, you've invested in him for a reason. Obviously, there's another a lot of other young guys <laughs> on that line, and the idea will be let's develop them. And you make a really good point on Spain. Do we want to be paying veteran salaries for backups? I don't know Quinton Spain. He's been out there for a while. Might not want the world, but I think most people out there at the moment are looking at. What, what we've got and they're saying oh I'd feel a bit more comfortable if Spain was out there either as a backup or as a starter at this point at guard so if one to monitor because I don't think there's any bad blood there with the Bengals and Quinton Spain um, so that might be one and obviously Quinton quite fond of the bridges in Cincinnati and putting a little bit of a um, bit of a nugget out there, a bit of a bait out there for the fans to maybe put a bit of pressure on the Bengals front office to say, oh, bring this guy back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he could yeah, do a good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting last point from Derek there. And that's something that I remember thinking watching this game. I was like, hold on, where, where? I thought Christmas was going to absolutely boom it down the field. And yeah, Huber looked, looked better, I have to say. It looked more consistent and... Uh, much better hang time, much better position, uh, uh, and, you know, much better positioning, rather, sorry. I was pondering this this weekend. <clears throat> it just popped into my mind inexplicably, and I was running around with it. You've got to keep Huber. It's not worth it with Crispin. I, unless he's got something that... Unless he just, shows, like, a McPherson style... Yeah, exactly. Unless he's you know, banging them 70 impact. yards and Darren Simmons is seeing something ridiculously serious out of him. And do you know why? Even if even if Crispin was knocking him an extra two or three yards, you cannot take the veteran clubhouse leadership and, like, the confidence. Huber's played in the Super Bowl. He's played in the playoffs. He's been around. He's not going to fumble a hold. He's not... Well, you could give it, he could, but he's less likely to. He, he's got that confidence that unless he's punting the ball 35 yards and it looks a bit ropey out there, I just don't really, again, know why we would risk it. And the, Huber's day will come. There'll come a point where... Yeah, and it'll be sooner rather than later, you know what I mean? Exactly, but it goes back to what I was saying before about this season being an all-in season and it's not one to risk it on. We don't need to save money on the punt. <clears throat> I don't even think we need to take any form of a risk to see if someone can punt it an extra yard or two or maybe give you an extra you know, point one second of hang time or whatever. Hooper's been great for us. He's one game away from breaking the record for the most ever games played by a Bengal. He's a fantastic bloke. We're in for a Super Bowl. He's going to do an at least average job at punter. We know that. I I don't think we need to overcomplicate the situation. Uh, and I like Chrisman. I think yeah. he's got potential. But it's just we've been drawn in by those videos of him with a trick shots, aren't we? If he, yeah. if he hadn't done that, I don't think anyone would really, really give anything, you know. And obviously, he's a local lad as well. But... Stick with what you know. Give Kevin another year. I've, I've, I've made my, I made my, made my mind <laughs> up. I think there's already a Kendrick Pryor catch radius Twitter handle out there, uh, just to <laughs> let you know. So Kendrick is already capturing the imagination of uh, Bengals fans. Uh, right, we have a couple more uh, messages, uh, which is always great to hear from you guys out there. Ultra Wookie at Solo underscore Wookie. Um, <laughs> Solid handle. 
tight end competition. Who ranks where on making the roster opening game? Well, it all all depends on on what kind of state Drew Sample is in, uh, uh, isn't it? I, I'm not quite. We've not heard whether it's a long term injury. Maybe I'm mistaken. That I that got lost in the wash for me. But certainly uh, Hayden Hurst, certainly Mitchell Wilcox. You know, if Drew's out for any extended. Um, period of time you've got to think that Thad Moss is a good uh, kind of number three really but I don't know what what do you think it is actually a bit of a concern the tight end position isn't it because you take out Hayden Hurst we don't know what we've got I think we're hoping that he will be as good as CJ which is potentially ambitious considering the money that either of them signed for. Mm. There's a reason Uzama got a lot more money than Hayden Hurst did. And Hurst was overshadowed a bit by Kyle Pitts. So we're hoping he's going to come in and play well and live up to a bit of the hype, I guess, or be, be reliable and just be there for Joe Boy. But if he's not, and there's no guarantee that he's going to come in and do well, he has looked good in camp, which has been encouraging, but there's no guarantee... You talk about Mitchell Wilcox. I know Thad Moss played with Burrow back in the day, and Burrow's a big fan of his, and they get along off the field. But as you said, we've not really seen a whole great deal of it to believe that he could seriously come in and play some big you know, big games down the stretch and be the sort of threat that you see on other teams. Mm. So it does worry me. Yeah, Injuries I know you mean. Are a that. thing, and there's if Mitchell Wilcox has to come in, I'm I'm seriously concerned. And with the greatest respect to Drew Sample, who's a, a lovely guy, he's been on this podcast, and a bit like Travion Williams, you're rooting for him because they're just such nice, hardworking, great blokes. They look in the shape of their lives. You want to see more from Drew. I mean, I know his parents. Uh, I mean, you met his parents, didn't you? They're lovely people. We we're rooting for him. He's a second round pick. He comes with. A lot of potential, but we've just not seen it translate to the field. And I know last offseason he was working out with Joe Boy and we had high hopes for him last season and he, he didn't really light the world on fire behind CJ. Well, I, so, I just think he's a particular kind of type, a tight end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's not, I mean, with all the greatest, yeah, we all love him. He's got a great family. He's a particular type of tight end. He's not your kind, he's not a, a catching tight end. He's he's in the trenches. He's an inline tight end. He is, but I think you, when you got put a second round pick on a guy and you see some of the talent that knocks around in the NFL now, at wide receiver drafted in uh, sorry wide receiver at tight end drafted in the first or second round, you you can't help but sit there and say, oh, I don't know if we should have spent a high second round pick on a guy that is a bit of a blocker and comes and goes and he can't really break the line up or contribute anything significant. And he's going into what is his third year this season, Drew Sample, uh, or the fourth year? It could be his his contract year. I have to say. Yeah. So I, that I don't know, man. I mean, I would love Drew Sample to be the guy this year that took the step forward and really contributed in the passing game, contributed in the run game, really took a step forward, and him and Hayden Earth split some um, some catches and receptions. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm not sure about it, and I have to say. On paper, it might be our weakest position group, especially not knowing what we've got with Hayden Hurst yet. No, I, I hope Hayden Hurst proves, you know, really plays well and is a factor, and we say great. But behind him, I, I, and I'm, to be fair, I'm not sure a ton of teams could sit there and say their tight end depth is is that. Apart from the Jets, who went out and pretty much signed everyone. True. Uh, interestingly, uh, CJ Uzama is listed at number two on the Jets. Uh, De- well, yeah. Tight end depth chart, which is interesting. So unlucky, CJ. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right as well. That guy <laughs> from the Vikings they brought over is a very, very good tight end. You know, he had a good year last year. And I think CJ was probably a bit shocked hmm. that they went out and got him. Um, and I, I you, you think, I mean, Zach Wilson's the quarterback there as well, who was underwhelming at best um, last season. So you're really relying on CJ, like. I mean, how many? What, what is his stats going to look like when he's going up against um, Tyler Conklin? And uh, I'm not sure, you know, yeah, with right. Zach Wilson throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good luck to him. But Joshua Smith at jsmitty underscore twelve. He says uh, he is concerned about the O line depth and CB depth, depth in general. Honestly, um, it's fair well, point, and it wasn't tested that much last year because. We obviously lacked injuries, so if we do have some injuries this year, that that is an area that 
is potentially of concern. But let, let's look at the last two preseason games. Yeah, it's too early to make any. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, tight ends, we should also mention Scotty Washington, who had a reception uh, against the Cardinals. And who knows? Uh, wide receiver turned tight end Scotty Washington might be one to watch for if if there is a bit of a you know back of the roster battle for uh, in the tight end room. But we shall we shall see. Anyway, that's your lot this week. I hope you enjoyed Hard Knockers. Episode two will be with you next week, as will we. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the Bengals play the Giants, and that is midnight Monday morning. Whoa. Uh Monday the 22nd of August so that'll be Sunday night stateside and obviously midnight here in the UK and uh, we'll be back on Monday next Monday evening uh, our time so this is getting too confusing about the time zones we'll be back soon let's just leave it at that we'll be back soon you can get in touch with us at whoday underscore UK on Twitter Bengals UK on Facebook Bengals underscore UK on Instagram and with that it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.